You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. I am so excited to be here tonight. It's a little overwhelming just because we've been trying to get here for a minute. And uh, so the Lord made a way just a few weeks ago. Uh, Wendy just happened to be at a in Iowa Park where I was able to speak to some women there. And I told her, I said, I'm going to be at Lone Star Cowboy Church coming up in a few weeks over in Montgomery. And um, I actually thought that's where I was actually going to be, was over in Montgomery about an hour from here. Apparently, we're three hours north of here at a retreat center. But hey, it's with the church. I got the church right, okay? <laughs> you know, if there's one thing that anybody knows about me is I'm like, fly by the seat of my pants. I'm the Abraham, just go kind of girl, and I'll find out the details on the way. It just, we'll figure it out whenever we get there, and it'll, it'll all work itself out. But I was tickled to death because, um, because of us getting to come down here, we get to not only hang out uh, with everyone here tonight, I get to sit with people that I love very much. I love David and Wendy. They've poured into my life. They have welcomed me. I've got to sit with several of y'all. I'm looking at so many familiar faces that I hadn't even got to hug just yet, and I'm all excited about that because when it's over, it's just a family reunion. But I truly believe that the Lord has given me a word for tonight, and that's why I've got my notes up here. Sometimes I don't need those notes, but tonight I do need those notes because I'm going to be here tonight. I'm going to be there with Lone Star um, on Friday morning, and I'm going to be in Poto, Oklahoma for a women's conference on on Saturday, and I'm speaking there three times on Sunday morning. So I know that the Lord has been very specific about everywhere that I'm going, and I don't want to get comfortable in just giving everybody the same word because it is the same word in Jesus' name, coming from the same word. But I just believe that for this place, the Lord has given me a certain word. And I want to be very obedient for that moment. And so um, I'm so, y'all don't even know, like this has been a month. Anybody had a month? (laughs) Praise the Lord. We've had some months. Anybody had a day where you're just like glad to be here? You know, and, and I am. I'm so excited to be here because we've been walking through some stuff over the, since the beginning of the year, we kick the year off with a fast. We're excited about that fast. You come out of that fast and pastor gives us a a, a challenge. He's like, I want to challenge you all to praise every day, no matter what, you know. And so we hit a a moment in our life where we were excited and and then we had to go through a tragedy and in that moment, I wanted to ask the Lord because it, it knocked me between my knees. I mean, like it just hit me and it just bent me over. I was just like at his mercy. And, and my prayer in that moment was not that God would take what I was going through from me, but that he would turn it around. Because I truly believe that um, when, we, when we speak and when we plead out to the Lord, his word in us never returns void, right? And so when I release that, Lord, just turn it around. I don't know what you're gonna do, but just turn it around. I'm releasing that to say, here you go. I'm surrendering this to you, this heaviness to you. I'm not gonna carry this around because I know that right now we're all in a very important season. All of us are in a very important season to continue to move forward. And if you can't move, you need to stand still. And, and, and if you feel like, well, I'm losing ground, just stand still. If you, if you say, I don't want to just stand still because I'm not gonna go anywhere, you need to be still. 
You don't maybe think, just with your, your mind, think, I don't want to just stand still because I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. But just be still and know that he is God and you're not in whatever circumstance or situation you find yourself in. And there's a lot of you in here that know our testimony and some of you that do not. So I'll tell you that a little bit of our testimony has been uh, with infertility issues. Um, that's been my struggle and JW's part and I get to tell our part. So anything that I say is okay for me to say I have complete permission. But his issue was, was with women. And so, you know, we both have had things that we've went through. We both have struggles and we married one another to help one another with those struggles. And the enemy wants to come in and divide your home. And he wants, you, he wants to just, he just weasels his way in there, right? And so um, when, you, when you stop and you, you just take a stand and you realize that I may not gain any ground today, but I choose not to lose any ground today. I'm just going to stand on the word and I'm gonna just trust God in this moment because I'm weak and my flesh is weak. Second Corinthians tells us that in 10 and three, he says, yes, though your flesh is weak, we don't war with our flesh. We might walk in the flesh as it says in the scripture, but we do not war in the flesh. So there are moments where I'm like, I eat in the flesh, I sleep in the flesh. I mean, I poop in the flesh. Listen, we all got babies in here. We do things, we, we think in the flesh, we study in the flesh. We do 90% of it all in the flesh, but we do not war in the flesh. So it's so important that whenever we're trying to figure out where we are in the battle, that we would just choose in a moment to stand still, to be still, to know that you can choose today not to lose any ground even though you may not feel like you're gaining any ground, you're not going to lose any ground today. So the word that God has given to me for you all specifically tonight is hesitation. Hesitation. Hesitation can be hiccups. It can be those things that hold you up when you hesitate to trust God. When you hesitate to surrender your marriage, when you hesitate to surrender your finances, when you hesitate to surrender what you're walking through in your health issues that we have down here, when you hesitate to surrender your anxiety or your worry or your doubt or your, all of it, everybody, when you hesitate to trust God, you're following the wrong God. When you hesitate to trust God and you even get into fear, you're putting faith in the wrong God because God is not the father of fear. He says, I didn't create you out of fear. He created us with power, love, and a sound mind, the self-control that we're able to have even when we feel like, ah, I mean, I was there today. You know, I was there today. Lord, have mercy. I was there today. I was building fence at seven o'clock this morning before I left because I had cattle on the neighbor. And so it was a morning and it's been like that for weeks. And the Lord has said, just trust me and move forward. Just trust me with what you've got right here and right now. The fence that I could start, I could not finish, but I knew that what I had done was all I could do. And somebody was going to come behind me and because I had started it, they were going to finish it. That's legacy. You guys all have here have started something inside of your homes and you've allowed this fire to start to flicker a little bit and just keep trusting the Lord with it because what you have, God says, you do what you can. You do what you can, and I know that somebody's gonna come behind you and finish it because of your faith, because you, you are willing to start. And so God is so faithful, right? Hesitation. 
pulling the trigger this week. That's what I was, I was writing for my own personal destination. My, you know, definition is to not hesitate. I need to just pull the trigger, right? And just say yes first to God. That's where Wendy and I were at a few weeks ago. We're going to say yes first before we know the plan because we know that he has the plans for us, right? Not to, for just the problems, but there's purpose in his plans even when we don't understand it. But hesitation is a delay in reaching a decision or a reluctance to reach a decision on account of an uncertainty, caution, or rebellion. Who's been a little rebellious? I mean, I really wanted this morning to not touch the fence. I wanted to leave it for Ryan because I knew he was going to be coming behind me. But you see, we have been trying to get these cattle to come back home for a couple days. And here we are, the, the neighbor to the south. And my neighbor, my first neighbor to the north, that's where they were in the beginning. Now they're at my second neighbor. They're moving on up, you know. And so... I was just like, Lord, last night, I was like, please bring these cattle home, you know, and you hesitate to start something. I, I wanted to hesitate because we got rain. I mean, I was like, oh, I'm making all kinds of excuses. I can't get the trailer out there. Well, what does J.W. Hart say from Pueblo, Colorado? He says, just load all the panels on the back of the feed truck. It'll make it. It's like five o'clock yesterday when he said to do that. And I still hadn't packed. I still have six children to feed. Praise the Lord, mama's here this week. You know, I'm just like, <clears throat> this thing. I'm just like, oh my gosh. You know, and, and what, do I, we, what do we do when we start to hesitate? We start to dwell a little bit. We get a little bit bitter. Uh -huh. You know, and we just chew on it a little bit too long sometimes. And it starts to sour. And so in that moment, I was like, come on, Bert. We got to get there before we lose daylight. And now we just get to it. We load the trailer. We load the truck with panels and tie everything down. And I and praise the Lord that I made it without hitting the highway 10 miles away. I was really proud of my tying. I was like, yes, we made it. You know, we get there. And I thought surely these cows would be there. And they weren't. And I knew that this morning I needed to get up early and prayerfully they would be back. I went walking through the woods because I didn't have time to saddle a horse, just clapping my hands from the neighbor's pasture. I was like, hey, hey. I never heard anything move. Never heard anything bust through the brush. But by faith, I was still screaming and hollering that they were going to hear me from a distance and they were going to move back over that bow, you know, and get back to the house. And so, you know, we go through those times where we rebel where we hesitate and we become like some people in the Bible who hesitated. One of my, the most profound stories for me of hesitation is, is about Lot in the book of Genesis in chapter 19. And I'm not gonna specifically go to that verse. I'm just gonna touch down on a couple things because when, when we look at this story, we see Abraham, we see him from a distance crying out for his kin saying, God, please don't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because, hey, I've got somebody that I love in there. Each one of us have someone that we love in a place that they don't need to be. And we're pleading, oh Lord, please don't do that. You know, please don't do that. And we know that God had mercy in that moment to send not Abraham in to get them out, but his very own angels to go in there. And it says in the story, if you go read it, that they actually had to be, they had to be drug out of there. Like they didn't want to leave Sodom and Gomorrah. This is a place of immorality. This is a place of sin and sorcery and disgust and pukes and guts and livers. I mean, like this was just a place where it was rough. You know, and what were they doing in there? They weren't being missionaries up in there. They were just living. Yeah. 
you know, and they were just surviving. And what they found, I don't know, because I know that God sends his angels in there and he sends them in there and he says, go get them out of there. And they had to be drug out of there and their one specific um, instruction was just do not turn around. Just don't turn around. Some people get it wrong in the, in the, in the theology of, of everything. Like I, I've, I've talked to some different people in different denominations and they'll say, pray for Lot's wife. No, it's like, pray don't to be that girl. You don't want to be her. Why? Because she gets out of the city and she looks back and she turns into a pillar of salt. And you and I might not be turned into a pillar of salt today, but you know what we don't get to do whenever we turn back on our past situations? We don't get to move forward with her husband. She didn't get to move forward with her family. You know, we don't get to move out of that moment. We hesitate. We, we rebel because we just don't want to do it. You know, we're just pouty. I mean, I've got six children, so I talk like a mother. You know, I've got a little, I got little children all the time that are at my feet and I'm like, sorry, you're not going to get to do that if you don't do this over here. Just no dice. It just doesn't happen. Because when we start to compromise, what happens when we start to do that? And then we teach them. And here we are living in a society today as parents that want our kids to be a little bit tougher, but we're, we're not tough. We're not, we're, we're, we're wanting our kids to learn how to trust the Lord, but we're not trusting the Lord. You know, we're wanting our, the people around us to get it, but we're not even speaking to them in spirit and truth. You know, we want everybody to do all of this stuff, but yet we're not living it. And then we get to Paul. I love that guy. I've been studying him. Y'all, he's good. And, um, he hesitated until he didn't hesitate. He has that blind spot moment, you know? And so I'm going to talk about a, a little bit about him just to touch down for just a minute, because he was somebody that just, you just didn't see him hesitating. You saw God tell him no a little bit, like, no, you cannot go to Rome yet. You got to stay here amongst these people that you really don't want to be around for a little bit longer. But at some point you're going to be released from this. And I can just see him. There's many a times where I've said, I don't want to speak to women. I just don't. I just, I, I, I'd said that. I, I, I said, no, Lord, years ago. I was like, ah, oh, man, do I have to? I didn't really want to be around people, right? Like, because I mean, what we do is, is we get to do things out in the open. So not really around people a whole, whole lot, right? And so I, when you start being around people, you start hearing things and then you start to maybe connect and then you start to feel like, I have a word for you and you're not gonna like it. It's gonna say change. He's gonna say turn from what you're doing or he's gonna wanna love on you and, and I'm gonna feel that rejection because you're not gonna receive my message. I was that girl who didn't receive the message for a long time. You know, I was also the run, one that was running the opposite direction, but God was sending ambassadors because that's us here to chase after me. And I'm so thankful that at some point in my life, I finally said, okie dokie. I'm going to be all in at this point. But Paul, he was a guy that, that you just don't see hesitating to do what the Lord said to do. And so I love that he taught the word and um, he, he, and he walked the word. He was like this full package. And what it says in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 8 is we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. 
And he's saying, we gave you our soul, we gave you our guts, and we gave you our livers. We gave you our life, we gave you our emotions, we, give you, we gave you everything, we brought you in. We lived our life so openly that we welcomed you in. We wanted you to see that this is how we model the message, outside and inside, from the pasture to the pen. Like, this is how we did it. This is the way that we lived. And Paul was okay with, with them seeing everything. And I think that's something to think about in our own lives today. Like God wants every bit of your life and he wants you to live that life out in the open. And if we, a lot of times we, we get to the house and we, we don't really evaluate everything there because we wanna make sure that we're being so perfect in public. I mean, there's been times in my life where people have come to my house and I walk in and they're visiting from another state and they're cleaning my refrigerator out. And I'm like, thank you. I missed that. I was busy. I appreciate the help. I've gotten to where it doesn't bother me anymore when people come over and start sleeping. <laughs> I'm just so thankful for the help in my life, the accountability. Yes, I, I saw that and I had to walk away because I had to go do something else. But thank you for taking that slack up. You know, like that's the Holy Spirit in you right there. Thank you. You know, I mean, like I've gotten that good with letting God into every area of my life because at some point, from children to my husband to, I've got Bert, she's lived in the house with me for five years. That's accountability right there, 24, seven, seven days a week. And I've had to like be real and I've had to apologize and I've had to repent in front of her. You know, and it's like shaping me up spiritually. Like I, I would love to work out physically. I don't, but I want to. And but spiritually, I'm like, I'm all, I feel like I'm humbling myself. All, I'm like, the Lord doesn't humble me. I have to choose it. Okay, I'm gonna just humble myself right now. And I'm sorry for that, you know. You get into that. Second Thessalonians 3 and 7 of the Amplified Version says, for you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example because we did not act in an undiscipled or inappropriate manner when we were with you. We were never idle or lazy, nor did we avoid our duties. But I love this King James Version of this. It says, for, your, for yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. For we, have beha we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. That ye ought caught my attention there. And I was looking that up in the Greek. And, and I love that I can never pronounce things the right way. So if you look at my notes, it's spelled D-E-I, but I spelled it day because D-A-Y. That's how it's pronounced. But that day word means should. You should, right? Paul couldn't command it. He couldn't command it but he could give them this invitation. It's like taste and see that the Lord is good. God can give you an invitation to encounter his goodness and you can choose to say yes first. And these guys didn't know what they were getting to. These women didn't know what they were getting into when they chose to follow Jesus or when they chose to go with Paul and these disciples, but you ought to come with us. You need to come this way. Like this is, we're gonna show you, we're gonna show you some things that you might be able to take with you and put in your pocket for a minute. Ye ought to. Follow us. The Greek word for follow us is mimeo meo, may I. Mimeo may I. I want y'all to know I practice saying these things. I have no idea if the pronunciations on Google are right, but it's mimeo may I. Old Greek for that actor, that mimic. You know, his command was to follow intentionally in life, deeds, actions, thoughts. 
to understand, to replicate, and to multiply, right? And so when I was thinking about that, I was like, Lord, he's the word of God. That's exactly what the word of God does. It enables us to act differently. It enables us to turn from things and to start walking in that direction. We've walked this way for a long time, and that's the most familiar way. He didn't say, follow me in a familiar way. He said, follow me. You know, and that's so like, you think about that, but the word of God, it is active. And when you get into the word of God, the word of God starts to get into you. When you start to read the word of God and you start to allow the word of God to read you, it will start to refine you. But if you just keep on reading the word and you're like, I'm not getting anything out of this. It's because you're not allowing it to do what it's called to do. The word of God is active. It's living. It's breathing. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts between spirit and soul and joint and marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So what happens is when you get into conversation with people that you're not in relationship with, they get offended because they're not believers. It's because they're not living this way. Or it's because they hadn't dug enough and then you tell them something they don't really want to listen to. They believe the Bible till you read it to them. You know? Like, that always tickles me. And J.W. and I have got the most random conversations because he'll say, I believe the Bible. I'm like, what about this? He's like, well. I'm like, just talk to Jesus about that because he said it. You know? I didn't say it, but he did. He said it. And when I put those verses together, and I, for, I love to sit with the word. I love to study the word of God. I love to break it down. And then I, I, I sort of put it into terms where I can kind of grab a hold of it. You know, if I were to do that with, the, with this verse and with what my understanding is, it would be if I, could, if I would benefit you, it, or it would benefit you to follow our example is what he's saying. It's like a parent to a child. That's who God is to us. He's like, daughter, Son, it would benefit you to follow the way. It would benefit you to hang out with us for a little while, to learn how to imitate and act as, as we do in this goal of replicating what you see in our lives. Like, it's going to benefit you. I can remember just wanting to be like mama, you know, like my mama was the salt, you know, or my grandparents, like wanting to just be like that backbone. They were solid but I didn't know them when they weren't solid. I only knew them when they were. And when you hear the stories, it's like listening to a foreign story because I don't know those people. I only knew who they were later. And that was what left that impression for me. And that's what, even when I was walking in the wrong direction, I would remember the way that they walked. You know, the way that they talked. And so um, Paul was after Jesus. He was walking after Jesus. He was mimicking the life of Jesus. And, and he wasn't just committed to sharing the word of God. He was committed to living the word of God out. Listen, I, I know that some of you, most of you know our story as far as our infertility issues and different things like that. And we've recently went through another loss and that makes 14 babies in heaven for us. It was unexpected. It was something that we were, we, I came out of that fast, you know, and, I, and, and then that hit. And, and I'm like, what in the world? What in the world, you know? And it was good until it wasn't. And that happened on a Wednesday. And I mean, it, it I will not even, I, it, it hit me harder than it ever has. You know why? Because I was ready to gain some weight 
I was ready to vomit. I was ready to get sick. I was ready to smell things that were going to make me throw up, right? Like I was like, I'll take it all. I was so ready. And then it just didn't happen. And as I looked at that, I just said, all right, Lord, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you to take this from me. I'm going to ask you to turn it around. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know that as a weakness, sometimes we really start to look at our weaknesses and and all of us have that thorn. You all have that thing that nags you, that gets on your, it just, it's the thing, right? Like it's what you struggle with. It's that thing that just gets a hold of you. And it's always, it's in the back of your mind reminding you like that this is where you are. And every time something good might happen in that specific area of your life, you're you're just waiting for something bad to happen because you know, like once you get like to this happy place, it's just going to get knocked out from under you. And that can be with anything. That's not just where I'm at with the infertility. I'm saying this can be with anything. That happened on a Wednesday. I had to be in Arkansas to speak to a group of women on a Thursday night. And I mean, with the ABBI, we were on Saturday morning and with the worship. And it was just like, we had to keep going. On Sunday, I had to be on the worship stage at church back in Ardmore, Oklahoma the following week. You know, the following week, we're just going through it and we're just pushing through. And it was just like knock after knock after knock. I mean, the truck got hot. I mean, it was one of those deals where we had taken off on the worst roads that we could be on. And I mean, it was just like full throttle. I just kept hearing the word forward. I kept hearing the Lord say, you don't have to lose any ground today. You don't have to give anything up. You just stand still. You just keep moving forward. You see, the enemy wants to take from you and the enemy can be more than just, we look at, oh, the devil is coming after me. No, your mind can be attacked because the enemy can come in. He watches your actions. His little demons, they just, the darkness, the, the, the spiritual realm that we're up against, like they're watching everything that you do, the way you speak, the way that you move, the way that you don't move, the way that you don't speak. Like they're watching every bit of it. So we get on the road. I mean, we're, we've got truck issues. We've got our truck getting hot. It's just me and Bert and two of my girls. And we're in Arkansas. And, and I'm like, what in the world are we gonna do? We have coolant issues all weekend. We get disqualified with a buck and bull on that Friday night. Yay, I was tickled to death about that, you know? It's just like, I just didn't, I just prayed that God did covered my face. Like I couldn't, I didn't have a mask on anymore. Couldn't do it that way. You know, I was like, mm, just don't show any emotion on your face. Goodbye. I'm going to go feed our bulls now and go to bed. I mean, I was just like, oh my gosh. And then the following week, it's just like one thing after another truck goes in the shop. You know, here we go. Last weekend, we get on the road to go to West Virginia because we got voted to go to West Virginia. That was great. I did not want to go. I did not want to go. I'd been home for like a day. I was going to be home for two days. I'm missing getting to be mama. You know, my son's having a birthday party and I was like, I've just got to be intentional. And the Lord reminded me in that moment, like I, was, I just kept going into the word. I can't get out of the word, y'all. The Lord reminded me in 2 Timothy 2 and 1, listen, you don't have to do anything but be strong. That's what Paul reminded Timothy of and it still stands for today. Be strong in the grace given to you by God in Christ Jesus. In other words, you don't have to do anything on your own. You might feel like a failure right now. You might feel like you're backstepping. You might feel like you are completely derailed in this moment, but just stop and be still in this moment, Leanne. Just just be still. 
That's for somebody out there that's trying to get somewhere and you're just fighting to get somewhere and you just need to be reminded right now that hitting a place of failure is normal here in this world because we live in a fallen world. But whenever we're, we think about it, if, our, if we're living horizontally and we're just focusing on everything that's happening around us from the disqualifications to the truck issues to all the stuff in the world, you've got all this other stuff. Like my stuff is happening, but there's everything. Y'all all have stuff. Look at what's going on in the world right now. The world wants to rock you off and say, it's not a good time to raise your children. Now is the time to raise your kids. Now is the time, like God created us for such a time as now. For such a time as now. There's a purpose. There's a reason why we're in his story. Like we're here for a purpose. But are we living it? Are we doing what Paul's saying? Today? Would somebody want to copy you because you're copying Jesus? Does somebody want to fall in your steps? You know, I mean, it was just, Knock after knock after knock. We got an hour north of the house last week and the truck coolant light came on. We didn't get to leave for West Virginia till 10.30 that night. You know, it was just like, and then we walked into a whole bunch of witchcraft and then we realized why we were not feeling like we were supposed to go because something didn't want us going. And we got to drop some fruit bombs in those places, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Lord, oh my goodness. I love in Acts 20, 22, it just says this at the end. I'm gonna cover the last half of this little verse here. It says, I taught you out in public, and this is Paul talking to, to, to the people. He says, I taught, I taught you in public and I taught you in your homes to his disciples, urging Jews and Greeks alike to a radical life change before God and an equally radical trust in our master, Jesus. I love that you've got the people that hesitate, which has been all of us. You've got the people like Paul that don't hesitate who I'm like, man, I want to be like that guy, you know, shield wall. Like, I just want to be forward all the time. We're plowing through. I want to be so obedient that I'm listening to when he says stay and I hear him when he says to go. When I'm like, that's just what I want to do. But then there's God who never hesitates. Who never hesitates. Ever. Jesus never hesitated. But we hesitate. But we have he who is in us that is greater than he who is in this world. And we get to make choices. You know, those hesitations, I'll tell you what my hesitation was. And this is, uh, I've been in ministry now for, I don't know, going on 14 years, pretty solid, seven days a week. I, I love the word of God. It's what I crave. Like when stuff hits me, I just start eating here. This is where I go. And I read this verse, Luke 9, 62. It's in the Passion Version. I love different versions of the Bible. I study normally out of NLT and I kind of cross back and forth between some things. But Jesus responded, why do you keep looking back to your past and have second thoughts about following me? If you turn back, you're not fit for God's kingdom. Some people say some of the words a little rough. For me, I, I need it that way. I need it to be here. <laughs> I'm right here. Tell me right here. There you go. Like I got to run into it. Because JW and I have been married for 16 years. We've attempted and prayed. We never really prayed. Like this is what the Lord has revealed for me. 
we always have just gotten pregnant. We've never really been intentional about it. Why? Because we always had an expectation that it wasn't going to work out. Why? Because the first time we got pregnant, we were excited and then we, it didn't work out. And then everybody comes behind and they speak the words and you want to put your faith into these words that, well, this happens, this is normal, the next one's going to come, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And then by number four, it doesn't happen and you hear the word adoption and so you move on the word adoption and you adopt your first child and then you still, in that moment of adoption, while you're in Michigan picking up your child, you have another miscarriage. And you automatically, at that point, you automatically start to have all this doubt. It just starts to move in. It just starts to seep in. And I want you to think about the areas in your life that you have experienced this in because I want to reveal something to you that the Lord has revealed to me and it's been pretty profound for me. We sat at that table and I'm going to tell you what, this time we got, we found out and we were all like, yes, Lord. We went to the pastor. He prayed over both of us. He prayed over both of us. And him and his wife, they laid their hands on us and spoke a word over JW, spoke a word over me. And this is something that's kind of new for JW and I have been praying together for a long time, but being fervent and being specific and, and putting our prayers together, not just necessarily about the kiddos or different things like that. We've been very fervent in our prayers for, for a while now, but never really fervent here in this fertile ground area of our life. And so when we were in there and we were praying the picture that God had given me, because I, I'm like, Lord, I want to see myself this way. I want to use, a, you give me that, give me to look past what I've seen before. I want to see myself pregnant. You know, I want to see this. And all I was seeing was the church, the womb of the church. And I could not pray for myself in that moment. The Lord told me to pray for the church, pray for the womb of the church. And JW was to pray for me. So we get down to it and things are going good. And some of the things started happening that normally would happen. And we started to, to hit these licks of negative moments. And uh, man, I just fell down in the kitchen one morning in front of him. And I just fell in the spirit. And I said, we will choose today not to lose any ground in spite of what we experience and in spite of what we see. We are not going to lose ground. We're going to trust God no matter what, even if we're going to trust God no matter what. Because sometimes these kinds of prayers are new, maybe not so much for you, but other people in your life or in your family. And so we started praying this way. And then when things happened the way that they did, we got silent with one another. Because what do you say? And we decided that that prayer would not be for God to take this from us, but to turn it around. And I told JW, I said, I've been in prayer for hours. And the Lord revealed to me that I have hesitated in this specific area of my life. I've never trusted God when he gave me a gift of being pregnant. And so often, we don't go into relationships praying about those relationships before we get there. We just kind of fall into that. I know people that get into relationships, they fall into relationships, they didn't pray about them, but they're there and they feel stuck. And so they're like, it's just what we do. And then the same thing happens. The, out, the patterns are the same. The cycles are the same. And I'm like, today, we're going to choose to, to, to not ever step into this pattern again. We're releasing this to the Lord. We're letting God have, we're breaking the cycle today. We're breaking up with this cycle today. We're not gonna, we're not going to look at this like we have in the past. We're going to be thankful for what God has given us. We're going to count it all joy. 
even in this moment, because I know that God is going to do something good with this because God does what? He takes all the things right and works them for the good of it. It doesn't say that he takes everything good and does it good or everything bad. Or he says, no, let me have it so I can do something with it. We do this and we fall into these opportunities in our businesses, right? And we don't pray about it, but we fall into it. We think it's good, but we never pray about it. We don't ask for discernment for those moments. We just go into it. And then when the same patterns and the same cycles start to happen, we wonder why nothing's being broke off. And it's because we're not really trusting God. You know, we're a people that look for peace to come once we get to heaven, but we don't trust God for peace right now. And so tonight, that was the word God had given me for y'all. It's the same word that he's been dealing with me with. He's dealing with everybody. It's not just here. It's the church. We're so excited for peace to come when we get to heaven. Oh, and when the passing comes, people are in peace and they're without and they're this. There's no, there's no anxiety. There's no worry. There's no depression. There's no cancer. There's no infertility in heaven. And he's like, there's no infertility in me right now for you. You can live that way because Jesus did what he did. God said, listen, because of I am who I am, you can be who you need to be because I've got you. I've got you. And so we just simply have to choose daily to trust God, to trust him in all the things. And it's so easy to say it. But when you start to choose to live it out, it actually does become easier because it becomes the way you live. It's not just a lifestyle. It becomes your style of life. And so whatever hesitations you have, think about what it is. What is it? That conversation that you don't want to have with that person? That call that you don't want to make? I'm not sure. And as we get up here and we worship a little bit more, just think about whatever that may be for you. You think it might be easier just to be turned back around. When what you've got back here is bitter, what you've got back here is broken, what you've got back here, that root, it's withered. There's no life in it. up here today I was so overwhelmed for y'all because I remember seeing the piles that I hadn't been inside the building to see the fruition that's come here because of your prayers and because of your fervent prayers and because of your blood and your sweat and because of your guts and your livers like these prayers have been perfect and nobody in this room perfect but it's because of Jesus Because even on the tough days when you chose to step or stand, step, stand, some days that's all we can do. Some days that's it. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts as well as on YouTube. 
Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.